All right, today I am speaking on intercession. Yeah. Um, Last time when I spoke and I gave you some equipping on, well, and a tool for your tool belt for praying for people that don't know Jesus. So you remember that? So today is going to be a little bit similar. So we're going. I'm going to do some equipping. I've got um, something for you that I'll get my husband, who I haven't told yet, to hand it out in later. Not yet. Um, and he'll give you, and maybe Adele or Lynn could help him. Um, and then we're going to put some of this stuff into practice. Okay? I don't know about you. I'm a bit of a kinesthetic learner. I like to auditory, visual do hands-on, I'm very practical, and that's how I learn best. And so then it gives me confidence when I leave to actually do it. Okay? Um, I just, I really want you to come in to this with the mind of I'm learning, I'm a student. Even I'm a student, okay? We're all learning. And so when we come with that approach, we actually have a bit of grace for ourselves that um, we're not going to break the realms of heaven by getting something wrong. You know, like he has grace to learn. <laughs> it's like you don't suddenly born and then you're, you know, full adult knowing everything. You know, you're usually a two-year-old knowing everything. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> or three. There we go. All right, better bump, not bump the table. Okay, so let's talk about intercession. Okay, so what is intercession? Okay, this is the act of interceding, mediation, interposition, that's a cool word, between parties at variance, which means at a difference, with a view to reconciliation, prayer or solicitation to one party in favour of another, sometimes against another. In all of this, we need to remember the primary objective is to reconcile people to the Father. Okay? That's the primary objective of intercession. Get the enemy out of the way so people can see the Father and encounter the Father. Okay? So, does anyone know who our primary intercessor is? That's it. All right. So, I'm just going to read... Cover scriptures, because I like the word. It's good to have it before us and in our hearts. So Isaiah 53, verse 12. And so it's talking, like, Isaiah 53 is stunning. It's actually prophetic, a prophetic word of Jesus coming and dying for us, what he would be dying for, and also that it was the act of intercession. It was a physical Act of intercession. Oh, thank you. Um, And so verse 12 says, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. I love that. That's so good. Okay. So Romans 8, 34. I've got to figure out a better way to do this. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Who is it to 
So who is to condemn? Jesus Christ, hang on a second. Yep, that's right. Jesus Christ is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. I'm going to read this next bit because this was just what we had. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Let that sink in. Yeah? Then we have Holy Spirit who is an intercessor for us. And so in Romans 8 verse 26, um, 26, 27, we're going to bring this all together. Um, Sorry. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That's pretty cool. Okay, so then who is an intercessor? Besides Jesus and Holy Spirit. Every single one of us. And so that is because Christ dwells in us and Holy Spirit enables us to do it. Now, I'm just going to touch on this briefly because I want to also distinguish between those that are mantled with a gift of intercession in the sense but that does not diminish our call to intercession. Okay? So there are some that their lives, their calling is intercession and can start from a very young age and that's what they carry. But we are all called, like Jesus, to be an intercessor because Cindy Jacobs might not know my school that my kids go to and God might not put that on her radar, but he's put it on mine because my kids go there and I have a vested interest in it. My family is like, that sheets might not know my family, but I do. And they're the ones that the Lord has entrusted to me. So I take responsibility. Okay? So then we're all in a position to intercede. And so how do we intercede for others then? We sit in our seats. That's it, Sharon. We sit in our seats because Ephesians says we're seated in Christ in heavenly places, which means two things. We have the ear of Jesus, but also means we have the perspective of Jesus to be able to see into situations. And we need to make sure we, have, we keep that in mind that when we do pray, we do need that perception, that sight to pray into things. So in particular today, and hence why I've got my sword and my shafar, is we're going to talk about watchman prayer. Hey? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Watchman prayer. So it comes from the word Shema, and it means to keep, to watch, and to preserve. So does that sound like, hey, I'm in my own world, got my eyes closed, not paying attention to what's going on around me? Doesn't, does it? 
It means I'm aware, I'm looking, I'm watching. I've got my ear out. If something just kind of happens to catch my ear that stands out, it's like, ah, okay, put that one in my... I'm not literally writing it down, but it's like there's a little notebook I keep internally. You can write it down physically if you want, but it's like a little notebook where I write that down because the Holy Spirit highlighted it to me. And so then I take that word and I just... That might be all it is at the moment. The thing, that little conversation, I might have just heard a phrase that caught my attention. And it might be all it is at the moment. And I'm just like, all right, Holy Spirit, is there something on that more yet? Now? And he might add to it, he might not. And if he doesn't, it just sits there. If I hear a similar phrase again, sometimes it's within the week, you'll hear the same thing again. And it's like you're gathering information, you're gathering evidence, you're gathering data, okay? And so by that way, we're like keeping watch. We're looking, we're listening. And because he's going to ask us to preserve life, okay? And so you can see in the Old Testament, it it was just normal culture Um, to have what they would call a watchman on the wall. And watchmen also um, played a role in watching over crops um, from raiders, watching over livestock. So you had shepherds, um, but also they would watch that they would be protected from people or from, you know, anything that would come to hunt them. And David, you can see that by the time he got to fight Goliath, he said, so, like, I've killed a lion and a bear because he was actually keeping watch over his flocks of sheep for his father. And so they were, the watchmen were the eyes to look and to see and preserve and protect. And so a watchman on the wall, they had day watch and then they had the night watch. Yay for the night watch. So much fun. (laughs) And so they were, their eyes were trained to see. And there were actually many that were very skilled in this, which tells me they'd done a lot of watches and they were skilled and they could see a messenger coming in the distance and sometimes they could recognise who the messenger was by the stride of their run. Before they could see face, so that's what they they honed their sight, they honed their discernment, and if sometimes it was just a single runner, um, there's a particular passage in two Samuel eighteen, uh, twenty four to twenty seven, and um, a messenger often would run alone, and so then they knew it was a messenger, and I think there was one in that. That, that particular scripture actually says, I see one running with the stride like, okay, let's see if I remember. I can't remember if it's Amaz or something like that. I could look it up, but I won't. Anyway, but because um, there, there was two runners coming one after the other. But then you can look and see, I think, in Kings, in the book of Kings, and um, when they were coming into Ahab and Jezebel's, 
territory, there was like a watchman on the wall and they could see that there was a group coming in. And so they sent a messenger to the group out, way out, to go, are you in peace or in war? Are you for us or against us? And then they would report back. And so the watchman on the wall has such an important job to do. And we're all called to be watchmen on the wall. And so we need to recognise that because it is a weighty role. Satan is crafty. Yeah. He, in um, John 10.10 10, it says he comes as a robber. Oh, sorry, as a thief. A thief only comes to steal, kill and destroy. Satan also prowls. Means he's actively looking. And 1 Peter 5 8 says, be sober minded. So that's mean like be awake. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I just really want to encourage um, men in the house that your families, they need you. They need your sight. They need um, your that. There's something in men that's God-given that is protector over their families, and that's really important. It's really, really important. Don't undervalue that <laughs> because you're the, you're the watchman on the wall. And mums, like you see, like you do see, because you you're the one at school picking up and dropping off. But men, it's like men, dads can spot it a mile away. They're quite amazing. Well, my husband can anyway. (laughs) Uh, I think we need to realise that the enemy is constantly looking for a way into our homes, our schools, our churches and our cities. And we can't afford to be complacent. Because like... The Old Testament, there were lives at risk. Just like there are lives at risk today. And we can't just assume that because we're Christians and we love Jesus, that our own families are safe. Because the enemy is looking at a way to get into your family. Um, In Ezekiel... 33. I'm going to go to this one because this one was a bit of an eye-opener. So it's Ezekiel. Hang on. There So, um, sorry, Ezekiel 33, verse 6. And so quite often a prophet in the Old Testament was called to be the watchman over the town and not necessarily a watchman on the wall but a watchman spiritually a watchman for Judah or Israel at that point so this is Ezekiel and this is the Lord speaking to him and it says but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any one of them that person is taken away in his iniquity 
but his blood I shall require at the watchman's hand. Quite often when a watchman didn't do their job, there was consequences and it wasn't just the town being raided or things like that. Okay, so when we see something, because this isn't actually a fear thing, this is the Lord's mercy and grace that we would see. And so that we can actually get into the position of intercessor and intervene because he wants to deliver and he wants to use us to deliver. And sometimes he will use different ways for you to see. And so when I'm saying see, that's in... um, No, it's not exclamation marks. That's it, parentheses. Because sometimes we might have a dream that has a warning in it. And we need to learn that language because dreams are often metaphors. And so we need to, what is the symbolism of it? But when you sit with the Lord in it, he will reveal it to you. Sometimes we might overhear that little bit of conversation like I was saying before. And it's just like, all right, I heard that. Uh, it's caught my attention. And I really encourage you, take notice of what does catch your attention. When you're just even reading something, when you hear something, um, even when you read scripture, what, catch, what kind of like stands out to you? Sometimes it's like it literally jumps out at you and seems bolder in print. Sometimes it's like, it just like, oh, like it catches your attention, your curiosity. And so they're the ones, they're the things you just catch, you go, yep, okay, and you like put it in your pocket because it's going to come out later. Sometimes you might literally know someone who is struggling and wrestling with something and can't seem to break through. You might see someone in rebellion. You might see someone who is homeless. You might just know that a particular place is like a battleground for people, okay? So when we, get, when we get all that information, the first thing we do is we don't panic, especially sometimes in a dream because it usually engages your emotions. So it can engage your adrenaline. Um, it, it can engage just your senses. And so sometimes it feels very compelling and very loud and very emotionally strong. And so we're like, oh, my goodness, start the car. <laughs> i got to go rescue someone. And it feels super urgent when you wake up. So don't panic. Take a deep breath. And then we're going to go, okay, Holy Spirit, help me to see what are you saying? What do I need to see? I know you are showing me something and I can't, I've just got like a seed of it, a seed form of it, and I just need to see it a bit clearer. What is it, Holy Spirit? And you would get that is getting your assignment. Then sit on your seat that is seated in Christ in heavenly places and pray. So I'm just going to go through just some – so this is probably more like the equipping part. And 
these, these next things I'm just going to mention will be on that piece of paper so you can take them home and not be like, oh my goodness, I forgot everything. I don't remember it. So don't stress, okay? So just going to um, talk about, so these are just like, these are tools in the tool belt, all right? Remember? So the prayer of agreement. So it's a prayer that we agree with God on. So it might be in Scripture. We're always going to agree, agree with what he says. Okay? That's, he's, the, he's the head. And we're just like, yes, Jesus. Okay? So prayer that we agree with him on. And then when there's um, more than one of us, it's we agree together in prayer. And that makes it corporate prayer. Okay? Once there's two people involved, that's corporate prayer. Husbands and wives, very powerful. Very, very powerful. Friends, very powerful. And it can be as simple as someone praying something and you saying yes, verbally. Saying yes, I agree. Um, Little side note, something very interesting I learned a few years ago, which I'd never thought of, praying in tongues. And every now and then stopping, going, I agree with you, Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues and more. I agree with you, Holy Spirit. And it starts to pull what's happening in tongues into interpretation. As you start to do that, it's like it engages the gift of interpretation. So then you can be interceding for something and you start to know what you're actually praying out. Okay, binding and loosing. Who's heard of that ter- those terms before? Yeah? Okay. So it comes from um, Matthew 16, verse 19, um, and it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And in some translations, it's like what you give permission to will be given permission. What you don't give permission to will not have permission. So you're a gatekeeper in that transaction, okay? So binding is literally like it catches something and it ties it up. So it now is inactive and it can't continue to do what it was doing. When you loosen something, so it might be loosening revelation, blessing, wisdom, um, Sight, you're undoing the blockaging, the blocking that has been happening. You're undoing um, sight. You're undoing the ways of the enemy's restriction and constriction on someone, so that they can start to see, lift their head, have courage, and expand again, and then be and get up into their seat too. Now, then we're gonna we've got declare and decree. Okay, so declare means to make known. So Ephesians 3.10 says, to, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to, by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Then a decree is an official order by a legal authority, which is you guys, myself, 
And it causes the blessings of heaven to be released from the heavenly realm into the natural realm. That's interesting, hey? And so Job 22 verse 28 says, You shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you and the light shall shine upon your ways. Cool. So now, how do we pray? Babe, do you reckon you could hand out those pieces of paper? And maybe some others help. Thanks. So how do we pray? We put on our spiritual armour. We do not go in wild, carefree and like a child swinging a sword ruthlessly. Because even when we're learning, we want to be smart. Minimal casualties. And so your spiritual armour is in Ephesians 6 verse 17 and it says, putting on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the waistbelt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace, picking up your shield of faith and your sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then we've got a prayer of protection because you're going into a battlefield. And so in it, with a prayer of protection, we're acknowledging God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, as our protector and our defender. And we're coming in. We are submitting to his authority and we're coming in under him. So we're coming under his lordship and we're coming, coming under his leadership. Okay? Remember, it's Holy Spirit who enables us. Then we're going to say so that prayer. So you see that's on the piece of paper. That's um, it's one I've used for a long time. It's really good. And we then ask Holy Spirit what he wants us to pray. And we wait on him. And that might look like some praying in tongues. That might look like some worship. That might look like just sitting quietly, just listening. And what you're looking for is what comes up. So it might be a scripture might pop up. It might be um, a feeling you start to feel. It might be um, like a picture that comes up. And so you want to take note of these. What pops into your mind It's probably a good phrase to use and don't just don't just go oh that's that's just me okay take it in faith that holy spirit is showing you something and it might be the littlest thing and sometimes i know for me i'll have a memory of something that's familiar to me but it's like the lord is using it to show me something in that and i'll go okay so what happened in that situation and it's like that's that's the little key that he's trying to show me. And then I pull that key into now. Okay? 
And so this is part of gathering more information. And then we're going to start praying. And then we are going to step into binding and loosing. Now, this is not a formula by any means. And this fluctuates. I'm just trying to give you a a solid basic framework that you can work with, if you've, especially if you've never done this before. Okay? So, but we're, look, we're, we're following the leading of Holy Spirit. So it's like, okay, I can, it's like, Lord, you want me to pray for someone that's walking in rebellion. Okay? I can see what's coming up against them and I can see where they're heading and it's a path of destruction. So I am going to intercede and step into the place between them and that destruction. Then I'm like, so Jesus, I come, so I've done all the preparation, I've asked him and I feel him say to me, bind the spirit of alcoholism or bind the spirit of rebellion, bind rebellion. And so I'm just going to say, in the name of Jesus, I bind rebellion. And then in the name of Jesus, I loosen compassion. Because compassion is outwards, rebellion's inwards. Okay? So it might not be what Holy Spirit gives you, but I'm just, this is an example. And I loosen compassion for them to be able to see beyond themselves. I loosen blessing and life over them that they would step into life okay that they would lift their vision higher so that they can see there is life okay and then agree so I'm going to then so a scripture that pops in my mind just even as I'm talking is is I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living so that's a scripture And so I go, Jesus, I agree with you that you desire for us to see your goodness in the land of the living. And so I then declare, sorry, I declare that such and such is called. There's a calling of God on their life. And I decree they will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Does that make sense? And then I'm going to, I'm just... Like it might be there's lots of, it might, you might find there's lots to bind and lots to loose. You might find there's lots of agreement with the Holy Spirit and, or with other people. You may find there's lots to declare and lots to decree. Stay in it. We, a lot of the time we need to learn to tarry in prayer. And that means to keep going in prayer. Okay. And so the bless and hand over to Jesus is when I feel something shift in me. It's like they call, um, they call it like a burden of the Lord comes on you. And it's like it's just it's for this assignment. Okay. But when you feel it and sometimes it feels like you feel the emotions of the Lord for it. And which is beautiful because it's actually you engage a lot faster and you, like, you fight harder when you feel it. And so, but that doesn't always happen. But when you do, you fight with that or you fight regardless. And then you just suddenly feel like something shift and change. And it's like the Holy Spirit's going, 
it's done. And I think one thing I've noticed for me is when it hits that point, it's like peace just floods in. And it's like the, the um, feeding of information from Holy Spirit, it just settles. And it's like a stormy sea that just suddenly became dead calm. And it's like at that point we go, Jesus, I just bless what we've prayed. And now I hand that person or corporate over to you, Jesus, and I trust that you will do everything that you desire to do that we just prayed. Because it is he who is faithful to complete his work and to see it fulfilled. Yeah? Alrighty, now. I've got, um, I've just got a few questions here just for you to ask yourself. And I'm just wondering, I just want you to ask your heart, have I judged myself as an intercessor? And when I'm saying, have you judged yourself as an intercessor, I'm meaning... Have you gone, I'm weird, I'm wacky, I don't want to be this, um, and fighting against it? Because it can be rough being an intercessor. (laughs) And then on the other hand, I want you to ask yourself is, have you gone like, oh, I'm not an intercessor? And judged yourself as not an intercessor. Another question is, have I judged intercession? And have I discounted myself from it? Like, that's not me. I don't have what it takes. That's for the spiritual people. So I just want to take a moment. I'm just going to pray if that's anyone here. I'm just going to pray and just ask you just to lift that before the Lord because it actually needs repentance. Because it's actually, it will interfere with the call. Whether that is just a, I'm just an observant person in my community or I'm actually have a calling set, being set apart as an intercessor. So Jesus, we just come before you and we just bring any judgments. And just listen to your heart if there's particular phrases of belief you have around that that come to mind. Jesus, we just bring those judgments towards intercession, towards intercessors, towards ourself as not being spiritual enough. Even, Father, I can just hear the words of, I'm too busy. Jesus, we bring those judgments to you and we repent. We repent for where we haven't stepped into the gap. 
we repent where we've felt too overwhelmed by it and so have chosen to ignore what's going on around us. We repent, Jesus. We put those judgments to death on the cross. And Father, we thank you that each of us have been created with sight to see, ears to hear. We thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Now, I'm going to get you to stand up. We're going to do the physical act of putting on our armour. Let's get fun, people. Hey? Who wants a sword? Who wants a sword? All right. So we're going to do, we're going to be childlike. And we're going to put on the helmet of salvation. Yep. Level up, people. We're going to put on the breastplate of righteousness and just do it as if you were fastening it, if you were putting on a real one. Like, see it. Use, use your imagination. Work it. We're putting on the waist belt of truth, which is interesting because Jesus is truth. Mm. We're putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Yeah, bend over, people. (laughs) We're picking up and putting on our shield of faith that will quench every fiery dart of the enemy. And we're picking up our sword of the Spirit. Awesome. All right, you can sheathe that. Don't stab yourself, people. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, I'll pray this prayer of protection out. It won't be up there, but it's on your pieces of paper so you can take it with you. I'm going to pray it, and so you can just go, yes, Lord. Okay, that's that prayer of agreement we were talking about earlier. Okay. So true, holy, creator God, in the name of the true Lord Jesus Christ, in accordance with Jude 8 to 10, I ask that you move back all evil celestial beings and any force of darkness of any rank that would seek to interfere or hinder your work in any way. I ask that you would forbid any harassment, intimidation or retaliation against me, the person I am interceding for or any parts of us. I ask that you rebuke the enemy on our behalf and contend with those who are contending with us. I ask that you prevent, also prevent these beings of whatever rank from sending any level of spiritual evil as retaliation or backlash against any of us here or our families, ministries or anything that you have given to us. 
We are trusting you, our sovereign God, to make it safe to pray here today in the name of the true Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour. In addition, I exercise delegated authority from the risen Lord Jesus Christ over all the lower levels of evil spirits and demons who have been assigned to me, the person I am praying for, or for any parts of us by any of the higher levels. They are bound in Jesus' name and are not to transfer power to any other spirits or call for reinforcements and are to remain bound until dismissed. Lord Jesus, confuse their communication and thwart their plans and schemes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.